The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome back to the last episode of Voice Search Week on the MarTech Podcast. This week, we're doing a deep dive into one of the fastest rising technologies impacting content marketers today, voice search. Each day this week, we've published an episode that discusses what you need to know to build a voice-enabled marketing strategy. And joining us for Voice Search Week has been Courtney Cox Wakefield, who is the co-author of Voice Search, the new search engine. Outside of being an author, Courtney is also the head of consumer digital marketing at Children's Health Hospital, which is one of the top care facilities in the United States. And so far this week, we've talked about the landscape of the voice search industry, who are the major players, how are they different, who's going to win, how voice search is impacting SEO and content marketers, and how to build an effective voice search strategy. So if you missed any of that, go back and listen to the previously published episodes for Voice Search Week. Today, we're going to talk about the future of voice search. Here is the last installment of Voice Search Week with Courtney Cox Wakefield, author of Voice Search, the new search engine. Courtney, welcome back to Voice Search Week on the MarTech podcast. We made it to Friday. It's great to have you here. Yay. Happy Friday, Ben. Yeah, I know. Happy Friday. So today, I want to talk to you about the future of voice search. We've covered a lot of ground in terms of what voice search is, who are the big players, how it's been impacting the SEO industry, how marketers can start to build their voice search strategies. But what's next? We talk about content and skills. How does voice search continue to grow and what do marketers need to think about as they're figuring out where to invest their marketing dollars, whether it should be voice search or somewhere else? Yeah, it's really interesting. I think there's two things that we should look for in the future of voice search that should be happening, I think, very soon. The first thing is these voice search providers are going to start monetizing the platform. Just like you have advertisements that are above the organic search results on a regular search, I think it's very unlikely that we will not see the same type of interaction on voice at some point. I don't know exactly what that will look like but we should definitely look forward for it. And the second thing is just hyper-personalization. We know that these devices are in our homes all the time. They have a ton of information about us. They have the ability to know what TV shows we're watching, what commercials we've seen. They know what room it's in. 
if you've got five different devices, they know how much time you spend in the kitchen versus how much time you spend in the living room versus how much time you spend in the bedroom. They know all of that information and they know when you're there at different times of the day. So there's going to be some personalization that's made available just because of that. And then you should also expect to see people buying that data. So ad networks buying that data in the aggregate to be able to retarget you with different information. So I expect to see those three things happening very soon if they are already sort of in the works in the background. So you bring up an interesting point, which is the use of data collected by home devices. Talk to me about the privacy impact. It seems like that's something that's an issue with the connected device for some people and always a topic for marketers. Any thoughts on where the line is or where it should be drawn in terms of privacy and protection when consumers are allowing large tech companies to listen to what their activities are at home? You know, it's funny. There's a lot of talk about the issue and a lot of inaction on the part of consumers to resist or do anything about it. If people were really, truly worried about these privacy concerns, we would not have seen a 50% adoption of these devices in five years faster than any other similar technology before it. So I hear a lot of people in the media, people like you and me who are influencers or people who are early adopters and philosophizing about this technology, talking about the privacy concerns. And I see consumers to a certain degree talking about it, but they're still buying these devices and they're still using these devices and they're still integrating these devices with their homes and with all the technology in their homes. We were just having a conversation this last weekend. My wife is pregnant. So we went to lunch with some friends who also are pregnant. Congratulations. Thank you. We were talking about baby monitors and connecting the baby monitor with our Amazon Alexa and having that ability. And one person at the table said, oh, are you worried about somebody hacking it? And everyone else at the table was like, who's going to hack my baby monitor? So as much as there is some people worried about it, I think a lot of people are also willing to take that risk to get the gains that you get from using this technology. And we're certainly one of those cases. It seems like the people that we were at lunch with also felt the same way. So outside of the potential risk of allowing voice search or voice-enabled devices into your home and into your personal life, in terms of the utility and application for marketers, do you see any future technologies or use cases that are specifically interesting? Yeah, I definitely do. I think the ability to create useful skills is going to increase. Right now, the capability of skills is pretty low. It's why you see so many crappy skills out there that are just like answering questions or giving quotes and things like that that aren't super helpful. Can I tell you the truth? Yeah. I don't even understand the purpose of the skills. Like I get it. They're the app version for the voice search economy, but there's never been a skill that I think I've applied that's actually worked. The one that I want the most is I want to be able to turn my TV on and off and pick a different station and nobody's been able to figure that out. Like everything can be done by grabbing the content from Google. Time for a one minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. 
No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. What's the point of the skills? The problem is that Amazon created a skill store before our hardware and our software was really prepared to use it well. I can think of a ton of excellent use cases for a voice skill. So for example, I had multiple meetings today. I had multiple phone calls today. I had a podcast interview and I've got a contractor coming to my house. My schedule is very complex and I have multiple calendars that I have to manage all of this in, right? I have my personal calendar. I have my calendar from Children's Health. I have my calendar that my wife and I use. And I have to look at all three of those calendars in order to schedule something. And I also then have to talk to the person who I'm scheduling something with who I have no visibility into their calendar to find out when can we schedule this meeting? Wouldn't it be far better if Alexa had visibility into all of your calendars and had visibility into all of my calendars? And I could say to Alexa, hey, Alexa, can you find three times that it'd be convenient for Ben and I to meet and just email those three times to us? That would be super useful, right? Because then we could say, okay, great. No more back and forth. We know these three times are convenient. But the problem is we're not prepared from a software perspective to get all those things integrated. And until we are, we're going to continue to get crappy apps. And that makes sense. That's any technology. The same was true for mobile. If you had judged mobile and mobile applications based on those first immature apps that came out, you wouldn't have ever been able to see that, okay, eventually we're going to be able to use this for GPS and I'm going to be able to just use my phone to get around everywhere. You wouldn't have been able to say, okay, I'm going to be able to literally just run a business from my mobile phone, which a lot of people do. That would be unfortunate. So I'm trying to say, okay, let's look forward at what the capabilities are going to be in the future and forgive some of these just bad use cases for voice apps. There's a lot of businesses that have no business creating a skill. They're just placeholders. And it's just people figuring it out. It's almost a playground right now. And that's good. It's good to have a playground. Just for the users, it's going to take a little while for it to be really useful for us. Well, if you can find somebody who can create a skill that allows me to talk to any of my connected devices, to turn off my TV, to open an app on Apple TV, to pick a specific channel and to adjust the volume, I would be greatly appreciated because I don't want to have to find the remote and I don't want to have to go use my smartphone to open up the TV app. It drives me nuts. That's my number one use case for voice search of what I want. I just want to be able to say, turn on ESPN now. I can think of two ways that you could do this, Ben. You could get Hulu Live. Do you have Hulu Live? We have every other streaming TV service. So if you had Hulu Live, 
I can use my Alexa to say, Alexa, open Hulu, Alexa, open ESPN through Hulu. Mm-hmm. I can do all of that and actually get to my channel. It won't adjust the volume, but there actually is, I can't think of what it's called now. There's a smart remote, but they're super expensive. They're like 300 bucks. Yeah. There's the Logitech Harmony remote. This is totally off topic, but yeah, the Harmony, I'm not spending $300 on a remote either. That's outrageous. Oh, I bought it and I returned it. Oh, you didn't like it. Nah, it stinks. Okay, well, there you go. Sorry, everybody at Harmony that's listening. I apologize. I'm sure you're all working very hard. But the future of voice search is not the Harmony remote connecting your television. (laughs) Hopefully not. I think what Amazon would love to see is that we all have Amazon TVs and that we're not even using a regular standard TV anymore. So then we would just be able to interact with the TV directly using voice. Any other future looking thoughts on voice search? What's 10, 20, 30 years down the road? Is this going to take over? Are we not going to have smartphones or TVs? We're just going to walk around talking to the walls? I don't think that we're going to be talking to the walls. I think I find myself often in random settings wanting to use voice search when it's not available to me. I think that's going to become more and more true for more people. I'm not sure if that's Apple AirPods that are going to solve that problem. There was a time when it would have seemed crazy to say that I'm going to get some sort of device embedded in my brain. I'm going to get some sort of wearable that I can't take off that can hear me, read me, understand what I'm thinking, or that I could use some sort of gesture to control. There was a time when I think that that cyborg mentality would have seemed crazy. I think in a few years, it's not going to seem nearly as crazy as it seems today. So that's one potential future for some of this technology. It's really inconvenient to have to pull your phone out of your pocket anytime you want to do something. And it would be a lot better if it was just always on and always able to be interacted with. So that's one thing that I think is in the future. Another thing is just the ability for marketers to leverage the data that we have available on this technology. One of the first things that I asked for when Google Home came out from Google is the ability for Google Home to listen to the commercials that I'm listening to and give attribution when someone goes and visits the website. Because if you're logged in on Chrome, then it knows who I am. I'm also logged into the Google Home, so it knows who I am. It should be able to hear the commercial that I heard and give attribution to that commercial for me going and visiting that website or making that purchase in the same way that we now use geofencing around billboards to give attribution for billboards. So I'm hoping that that technology will become available soon too. That's one way that marketers do even are on the content side or even on the technology side, but on more the traditional TVC marketing side can start to leverage the power of voice. Interesting. Cross-medium attribution is basically what you're talking about. Using voice search to apply attribution to a impression, using the audio from a TV spot, and then telling whether that person is logged into their browser and goes to achieve the specific call to action. That's fascinating. Sounds super complex. Yeah, they're not doing this yet, but mark my words, they will. Oh, I'm sure that's why Apple bought Shazam, is the ability to recognize audio waves. They were the leader in technology in terms of being able to listen to a piece of audio and matching it to a specific file. So it makes sense. It seems like that technology already exists on some level. It's just figuring out the application and the measurement piece. 100%. Okay, we've officially covered everything that we need to talk about for voice search. Courtney, thank you so much for being our guest. I think that this is a really fascinating topic. One thing that we didn't talk about too much, tell us a little bit about the book. Where can we get it? And what do people need to know about you and where to find it? 
So we just published the book on voice search. The book is called Voice Search, the new search engine. I wrote it with my co-author, Amin Bentahar, and you can find it at voicesearchbook.com. I want to say that again, voicesearchbook.com. Voicesearchbook.com, Courtney Cox Wakefield, the author of Voice Search, the new search engine. Thank you so much for being our guest on Voice Search Week on the MarTech podcast. Thank you for having me, Ben. Really appreciate it. Okay, that wraps up Voice Search Week on the MarTech Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about Courtney and her book about voice search, you can go to voicesearchbook.com. If you're a subscriber to the MarTech Podcast, thank you for being a member of our community. We always want to hear from you. So we built benjshap.com slash question, where you could submit a question, a comment, your feedback. And if it's a question, we're going to go ahead and answer it live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out via social media. My personal handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And you can find me on LinkedIn and on Twitter. If you haven't subscribed yet and you want a weekly stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we've got some great episodes lined up over the next few weeks. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed next week. Okay, that's it for today and that's it for Voice Search Week. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.